it better best, never let it rest, until the good becomes better and the better becomes best. Welcome back to the shore, everyone. I'm your host, Craig Steger. I just want to keep this from happening to someone else. Uh, I don't know how many times I've heard that or a variation of that over the course of my career in talking to um, potential clients or, or people about uh, medical malpractice matters. Um someone that's been harmed or wronged or just dissatisfied with the healthcare system often in my experience is as motivated or mo more motivated to keep this same thing from happening to someone else as they are about seeking compensation or justice for themselves or even trying to punish whoever did this to them, there's this sort of this general uh, concern for the community that I think is admirable. admirable. <laughs> the problem is that 999 times out of a thousand, there's nothing that they can do to keep things from happening again. And there's certainly nothing that I can do as an attorney to help them, or at least in, in a, in a way that would be economically feasible for them. It, it, it doesn't do most people good to spend a lot of money on an attorney to make a point. Um, and so generally I have to discourage people or at least explain to them that, look, uh, unless we can recover money from you, so unless you have a meritorious case, uh, I really can't. Uh, and don't want to recommend that you involve me or another attorney to try and make a point, I will oftentimes steer people towards whatever licensing body uh, in the particular state that's at issue. Um, each state has its own uh, sort of licensing authority that license medical doctors and nurses and different healthcare providers it depends a little bit on which state you're in. There's also like, you know, a lot of doctors are board certified. And so a board certification is sort of like a trade organization for doctors and it's broken down by category. So like there's a, a board certification for internal medicine. There's a board certification for family medicine, uh, surgery, uh, all, all kinds of different uh, board certifications that uh, doctors will uh, routinely uh, apply for and get because it's a it's a prestigious thing. It shows that they've uh, essentially done additional studies above and beyond going to medical school and completing residency. Um, sometimes I'll I'll steer people uh, towards that. There may be a complaint process, uh, but realistically not much seems to happen if anything uh when people do that and and i often hear back from these people that they're uh, disappointed or frustrated that no one seems to want to do anything about it 
most hospitals and clinics have sort of a a, a patient um, care coordinator, kind of like a complaint office where people can, um, you know, formalize their complaints or grievances. Um, and uh, well, I'm not here to to badmouth those things. I think they can serve a noble purpose. At least in my experience, it tends to be uh, more so the hospital trying to um, take someone that's unhappy with what happened to them, listen to them, and sort of steer them away uh, without really apologizing or taking responsibility or anything like that. Um, now, most hospitals if not all hospitals have what's called a peer review process. And uh, to be honest with you, it's, I, I don't know a lot about it because it's sort of secretive, but the, but the idea behind the peer review process is that um, most, I think most States, uh, I can't speak for all States, but I think most States have um, a process that allows and encourages doctors and hospitals and staff to, uh, investigate and and openly discuss a particular bad outcome and try to get to the bottom of what happened uh, to see if it's something that can be avoided in the future, if protocols or standards need to be adjusted, um, and, and to speak freely about that without risk of providing, in essence, a template or a memo for lawyers like me to come in and bring a malpractice claim. So, so the results of these peer review processes in most circumstances are um, sac sacrosanct or confidential. I typically can't get access to those um, through the legal process uh, because they're, they're designed to be done in a way to, to maximize confidentiality how often peer reviews take place and what they ultimately accomplish is sort of beyond my knowledge and experience. Cause like I said, as a plaintiff's lawyer, I don't ever see that stuff. So, um, so that's one of the reasons why I um, decided to start this podcast is, is I, as I talk to people all the time that while for one reason or another, don't have a case that fits within the sort of onerous requirements to be able to bring a medical malpractice case, nonetheless have a legitimate complaint. So there's really three big factors um, that go into most medical malpractice cases. So you, you need to have liability, and that usually means a, a violation of the standard of care. The doctor or nursing staff were negligent. That's part one. Number two, causation. You got to be able to prove that the um, negligence or wrongful act or omissions actually caused someone's injury or that the outcome would have been different had they done what they were supposed to do. The idea being <clears throat> if someone does something wrong, but it really didn't change the outcome and someone was going to, let's say, pass away or lose a limb or something like that anyway, there really isn't causation. Yes, someone did something wrong, but there isn't 
causation. There isn't a causal relationship, but that's the second part is causation. And third is damages. That just that just means usually you need something, what we call a catastrophic loss or a significant loss that could yield a significant money judgment to bring one of these cases because of the enormous complexity and costs and risk associated with them. I'm not going to go into those. I got other videos discussing that, but, but the point being is I may, I, I often talk to people that let's say they meet uh, one or two of the, the requirements, but not three. So without all three, and then usually then something else, it's not a case that ever gets off the ground. You, you may have substantial evidence of negligence. Um, you may have substantial evidence of causation, like maybe the standard of care did not require the doctor to order this test or to appreciate this particular risk, but it clearly caused or led to this patient's outcome. And unless it gets published in some journal, uh, no one else may be the wiser for it. And that that is kind of what, where we fit in here is I want to take those stories of people that have evidence, you know, examples of negligence or examples of causation caused by something uh, that a doctor did or didn't do and, and show that so that at a bare minimum, they can hear this and hopefully recognize the, the same type of situation if it comes up in one of their own patients. So <clears throat> this sort of is an opportunity for people that have uh, either been un unable to move forward with a medical malpractice case because one or more of the three requirements weren't met, or they just couldn't find an attorney to take their case, or maybe they waited too long and their claim was time barred or whatever the case may be. There are lots of people out there that have legitimate grievances against the healthcare system, um, but no legal recourse to them. And without something like this, really no way to share their stories. And that's where I, I think this podcast fits in. So if you see this or you hear this, episode and you think you fit into one of those situations where you've talked to lawyers and basically been told there wasn't a case or not strong enough and you want to share that story feel free to reach out to me uh not uh not so that I, we could take legal action but if you want to share your story on this podcast get a hold of me uh, you can leave a comment or better yet uh, go up to the link tree and just get a hold of me. There's a way to send an email or get a hold of me or my office to schedule something so we can get more information about it. I can't guarantee you that we will be able to talk about your uh, circumstance or that you'll be interviewed, um, but uh, I, I'd encourage you to try and I'd encourage you to reach out to me and um, and, and kind of let us know uh Hey, here's a story, but I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to talk about it, or you can talk about this, but keep this information out, whatever the case may be. I'll never go right on the air. I'll never share a story without verifying with you or whoever sent it that, that, that in fact, you're, you're comfortable with this information being shared here, but I want to make this, this podcast available to those people. So if you hear this and you are in that situation and feel like you have a story to share Go ahead and get a hold of me and we'll try and get it on the Better Healthcare podcast. So thanks for listening and until next time, everyone.
Have a good one.